Hello, good evening. I don't know why, but that says the recording's called Tony Rogers. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to another World Cup update with myself, Adzi, and of course, as always, joined by Cran. Cran, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, I don't really like this time of year, though, I'm going to be honest with you. Why? It's just shit. Yeah. Um, In what sense? It's just, everyone's hectic, everyone's sort of doing their shopping, and I, I, I'm trying to move around quick, I'm trying to mind my own business, and... People aren't people aren't about that this time of year. They're just mm. hurrying around getting their shopping done, and it annoys me. Yeah, so that's been this week's only fans for Bob. The last time, crowd, we left people. It was um, after the round sixteen, I believe. It was, and we had a lot of. Um, we actually didn't have any uh, any shocks really, but mm. well, we did. There was that one shot. Mor- Morocco B, Portugal, of course, Portugal, yeah. Um, I think if you listen back to that podcast, Karen, I got all four right, didn't I? France and Morocco. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. You did. Fair play to you. Mm. Um, because I think a lot of people were going for Brazil-Argentina yeah. semi-final. And mm. obviously that didn't materialise. The dancing came back to bite them in the end. Do you know what, right? And we're, do you know what? We'll just jump straight into it. The quarterfinal, of course, was on the 9th of December. Shout out to Dave. That was his birthday. And it was Brazil against Croatia. 1-1 after extra time. And then obviously Croatia went on penalties. Um, Brazil get the goal through Neymar just as the first half of extra time is ending and then Croatia get one back and obviously it go, goes to penalties and they get the win in the end um, what a performance I have to say by Croatia throughout the whole tournament I thought even last night against Argentina and it's a bit like we are sat here by the way just after finishing watching France and Morocco I felt like particularly Croatia and Morocco just ran out of steam and I thought in this game, I thought Croatia probably played the best they played all tournament. And winning on penalties was exactly justified and it was what they deserved. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I don't think that's a, that's a bit of a break. <laughs> it is. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think um, I've, I've seen in my lifetime anyway, Brazil get past the quarterfinal stage at a World Cup. They um, got to the semi finals in 2014 when they got beaten by Germany. Yeah, but they got beaten 8-1, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, no, I know, I know, I know what you mean. It's sort of... Um, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that you're factually incorrect as well, sorry. Uh, I, I typically am, though. <laughs> 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 but um, the, what I'm saying it's is... Just, they, it's just vibes, really. Sorry, go on. They flatter to deceive at World Cups. They, you know, they, they never really have performed in the last 20 years since Horn mm. Iron was around. And again, this was the test for them. This poor mm. final against Croatia. Because... I think I, I said it when we were previewing the quarterfinals. Croatia are the more seasoned team in the World Cup in the last few years. And mm. it, it did show. Mm. Um, they got to those penalty shootouts again, um, as they did in the last World Cup. Livakovic was very good, wasn't he? Um, and the more tournament experience got them there, in my opinion, because they were able to hold out against Brazil. Um, and, of course, Neymar was very good to get the goal. But it was a great goal, as I'll have to say. Like... I don't know. I think, I think with Neymar, a lot of people, again, like you're saying about flattering to deceive. I I think he's one of the greats. To be honest with you, I do. I think he gets a bit of a hard rap sometimes. It felt like that was his goal. That was his moment. Mm. I did at the time. I did think that was it. But I said it to you. I don't know if I said it to you on the first episode of the podcast or on one of our updates. A team with Richardson up up front isn't winning the World Cup. And I thought, look, he, he scored great goals in the tournament. Don't get me wrong. But when you, you have a player like Gabriel Jesus who can't get into the team with Richardson playing, and then a player like Bobby Firmino sat at home 
I just thought it was a bit of I I thought it was a bit of a wrong I thought it was not that he was a wrong player to bring, but you need winners in your side. Jesus is a winner, won multiple leagues with City, Firmino the same with Liverpool Champions League and and the Premier League. So, I just didn't think they had that cutting edge with a player like Richarlison up front to be honest. But of course you have to give Croatia credit at the same time because that midfield probably won the game for them in the end with Kovacic, Brozovic and Modric. I think I texted you saying because I think it was Casemiro and Piquet in midfield for Brazil. I thought they set up wrong. It was like they had two midfield and then four kind of attackers. I think I texted you saying Brozovic, Modric and Kovacic are just going to take this game away from them. They just won't let them have the ball. And they did. They limited, they limited Brazil to very little chances. And they got through in the end, and absolutely deservedly so. Um, it was a great, it was a great moment actually in the World Cup when they when they won, on penalties, and it was a great story. I, you know, I'm I'm delighted for Messi. Like we'll talk about semis in a minute. I'm delighted for Messi to get as far as they have gotten, but I I would have loved for Modric to have won it just for yeah. He, this is it for him. You know what I mean? And the same could be said for Messi to be fair. But um, great win for Croatia there, and then obviously Netherlands two, Argentina two. <laughs> Game one on penalties by Argentina. Um, what a game of football. Unbelievable. We, we put out on the Instagram for our game of the tournament. And a bit of a spoiler, a lot of people did say that game. I'm going to pass it over to you, Cran. What made it so special? I, I think it's the fact that literally out of nowhere, a player like Ruby Veghorst changes the game. <laughs> um, him of all people. Him and was it... De Jong as well I think it was wasn't up front yeah Luke De Jong yeah, yeah bloody hell that first assist for Messi what an assist through the legs of Ake and it, there's lots of angles of it and the angle I seen was just from behind Ake's legs and he opens them for maybe a split second yeah and at that split second Messi plays it through and it just sort of shows how quick he thinks really yeah to play that pass and he's been doing that throughout the tournament he's been th- thinking quicker than everyone else yeah, that assist was something else, and then Molina obviously did well to take the touch and finish it. Yeah, um, and then Messi makes two 0 Then bit of a strange penalty. I think it's a Cunha who goes down the box, is it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a penalty. Um, he goes down a bit softly for me, but mm. penalty buried any anyway by Messi. Um, sends the keeper the wrong way, and then of course Veghorst comes on, and he got booked mm. in the game off the on the bench, and he was. Making his presence known from then. Mm. And then he came on and scored a header out of nowhere. Lovely header into the ground. The, the second goal. Fucking hell, the moment of innovation. Yeah. So, is it a. No, oh, it was Coop Miners, I think, Coop, wasn't it? Coop Miners. Coop Miners. Well, I think it might have been Berghaus who took the free kick. And yeah, look, at <laughs> the innovation of it, I think, to do it at that specific moment, the pressure, it's the last kick of the game. You know, he could have taken the easier out gone, hoof it into the box. Hope for the best. But obviously, it was something they worked on. I think Louis van Gaal is a bit of a, a, a genius as well because that would have come down to him. Um, and obviously, it goes into extra time then. A few chances here and there. It was, it was To be honest with you, it probably was the game of tournament. What annoyed me in extra time, and it, to be honest with you, it's what kind of brought Holland to the dance at that point was the hoof ball to the two big lads up front. That's what got them into extra time. And when extra time came about, they start they started playing the ball nicely again and holding on to it. And I was sitting there going, lads, right, this is not rocket science. Hoof it up to the two big lads, knock it down, second balls. Football's not football's a great game, but it comes it, it's very simple at times. 
two bigger men up front against two shorter <laughs> defenders. Kick the ball up to them and just hope for the best. Put Argentina under pressure and like it will pay off eventually. They they didn't and obviously it goes to penalties. Um, Van Dijk steps up first, misses. Um, I think Argentina were fairly you know exceptional. I suppose perfect to an extent from their penalties. I think they might have missed one, mm. but it was Enzo. I think it was it. Enzo Fernandez, wasn't yeah. it? That missed it. It was a great game of football. But by the way, as I said, the ninth was Dave's birthday. We were we were in Mima's watching the game uh, with Dutch people, so it was a bit of a sad end that when they went there, I was in tatters. I was very sick, and I was drinking hot whiskey. Curl. Oh it was, god! It was absolutely awful. Um, you can probably hear me. I'm a bit nasally as well at the minute, so sorry about that. But um, yeah, enjoy the podcast. And anyways, we move on to the tenth. Curl. Um, Morocco won. Portugal nil. Um, Enya Siri. Fucking hell, the height he got up to head that ball in was unbelievable. Very header. Um, Portugal, very blunt. Um, and just didn't do it in the end. <laughs> no. I That's don't. kind of... There wasn't a whole lot to write home about. I thought Morocco wrote their chance as well. Kind of defended very well. Roman Sias went off in the stretcher at one point. It, it was 11 Moroccan heroes out on the pitch that day. And the thing that impresses me so much is how they kept their shape. And how they're so quick out to the player in possession. Mm. I think that's what's kept them in the tournament so long, is they're so tight mm. to the player in possession at all times. It was one thing to sit back, but it's another thing to just close the space down. Mm. I think a lot of teams who sit back don't do that. Mm. And when they got the ball, it was straight to the counter-attack. No tr- dawdling around the ball at the back. Mm. It's straight to catch them on the counter, quick counter. Mm. And that, I think, is what got them so far. And they did it again in this game, and it paid dividends in Portugal, but... Portugal, sort of a sad moment for Ronaldo in a way. Yeah. He was crying off the pitch, but mm. um, yeah, he's that's his last World Cup now. Um, and yeah, I thought Leo as well played very well when he came on. Mm. Had a couple of half chances to maybe get Portugal back into the game, but bittersweet in the end. But we move on, Kieran, to the final quarter final game. England won, France two. Football is not coming home. <sighs> to be honest with you. Again, it's another contender for one of the games of the tournament. I thought the game was very good. Um, it was very competitive. You could see it was two sides of high quality. Look, looking at kind of the bracket, so to speak, of teams who got through, I, I think England would have lost to Argentina and they would have lost to Morocco. I think Croatia might have been the team that they could have gotten some out of. And I know that's ironic saying, seeing as they beat Brazil. But I'm just talking about teams who got to that next stage. It's it's a team for England where they get to tournaments and they play a lot of shy teams. They big themselves up and then they, they ultimately crash down. Um, I think if you look back to World Cup 2014, there was Uruguay, Costa Rica and Italy in the group. And they got fuck all out of it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's three decent sides is the point they're making. So it's like when you big yourself up after beating a team like Iran or you beat a team like Senegal and, and all due respect to them, they're good sides. They wouldn't be in the World Cup if they weren't. You're ultimately setting yourself up for failure. And I think the performance on, on Saturday just gone, I think they probably were the better side. I think on balance they were. I thought the referee was very poor. I know Liam Brady has his conspiracies about the referee because he seems to think FIFA want Mbappe against Messi in the final. And they've got it. And they have. He's, you know, he's, he's not wrong, but I think he has an awful lot of time on his hands to be coming up with something like that. But... Um, you know, England could have had a penalty in the game early on. They didn't get it. 
you know, France chewing Memi goes up the other end and, and blasting in. It was a great goal. Um, but England, to be fair to them, to the you know, you can't you can't fault them. They came out and you know they were the better side for a lot of it, and they get the penalty of course through Harry Kane. He scores, and it was Saka goes down. Saka got absolutely battered in that game as well. Um, it was great though. I, I like Saka. I feel sorry for him. Um, yeah, so Giroud gets the goal to make it two one. What a header! Think, by the way. Yeah, it was a great header. But the, just the, just before that, Pickford made a great save from him as well. Mm. To his credit, but did you did I tell you what my dad said before that Drew had a <laughs> Oh, no, he was brutal or something. Yeah, basically, I was I was uh, big enough Drew, and my dad goes to me, oh, he's he, he's he's okay, but he's he's just a bit mediocre. Cross comes in. I what do you think about Drew? <laughs> in, in all honesty, what do you think about Drew? Because he's he was a topic in our in our chat the weekend, and like myself and the lads, we were talking about Drew. It's one of those things. If you look back on his catalog of goals over the years. You're thinking, unbelievable player, but I don't know. I think he breeds success as a player. I think yeah. he's an unbelievable team player. Yeah, that's a and good show. He's an invaluable member to the squad, because if you look at every squad he's been in today, Arsenal. Obviously, you can't win anything with Arsenal. Well, he did win stuff with Arsenal. <laughs> he did win stuff with Arsenal. I'm only, only put a dig in there, but Chelsea won the Champions League, was pivotal in that campaign, scored an overhead kick against Valletico. Mm-hmm. Um, AC Milan, yeah, last year won the league. Mm. This France team, he was in both teams, mm. they won the World Cup and now they're in the final. Yeah. So you cannot underestimate the value of a member of the squad like that. In terms of a team player, I'd, I'd put him in probably the top 20 strikers of all time. I, you see, I, I think... 30, the th- I think the thing with your real... And Deco was right. Shout out to Deco. Deco was right when he said that about Giroud. Because he does miss a lot of chances. Now he gets the winner, so you can't kind of you can't kind of fault him for that. But I just think there's times where I watch him and he frustrates life out of me. But there's times when he scores a great goal and his general handsomeness, you know, sways for me. I do like Giroud, I do like him. I don't think I'd rate him as high as you would now, but he won the he won the league in France with Montpellier, I'm pretty sure. No, no, he did, yeah, before... So he breeds success as a player, English. that's my point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't think he's... I don't think he's that upper echelon striker. I think he is. I I, really I, I think if you offered me... I, th- I think there's a lot of forwards I'd take ahead of Drew in world football right now. But yeah, Harry Kane <laughs> then gets a penalty and skies it, Kieran. Absolutely punts it over the bar. It was England's last chance. It was England's last hope. And that was it. That was them out of competition. They had a free kick at the end. Um, Marcus Rashford was standing over it, and England's. I I I I even say England's two best free kick takers sitting on the bench, in Trent Alexander Arnold and Kieran Trippier. Nowhere to be seen, which I thought was a bit mad. But look at Southgate. It's another tournament where. You know he's gotten to the quarter final, but I think given the group they had. And the potential run up, like they were never going to play the Dutch. The Dutch were never going to finish second, so it was it was already going to be Senegal or Ecuador, and then obviously they play France in the quarterfinals. I think that's a massive letdown of a World Cup for England. So we move on now, Kieran, um, to the semi-finals: Argentina three, Croatia nil. Um, like I said at the start of the podcast, I just think Croatia ran out of steam. And it was sad way to go. It was like it was like a dog on its last legs. It was, 
I was actually, no, I'm not going to say I was upset. I don't like crying that much. But I was, I was kind of a bit deflated looking at it. I was like, I, I, I would have rather this didn't happen this way. I'd have liked a bit more of a contest. But when you're playing against Lionel Messi, the way he's been playing this tournament, there's no stopping what he's done to Guardiola there. And it's just, you know, what can you say? It's, it's just, I, I, think, I think that's Argentina's best performance of the tournament. I mean, the fact that, as you said, we were saying earlier about the midfield, uh, dominate games that Croatia midfield the exact same thing for me happened in this game for the first 20 minutes of it they took control of the game but it was the sheer class firstly of getting the penalty mm. which sort of opens up the game in a way and that, mm. that plays into Argentina's hands mm. um, and Messi obviously buries it was it a penalty? Obviously, I was watching ITV and Roy Keane and Ian <laughs> Roy and to say, I... Neville and the Hand of God was playing up here. Uh, I was, it was yeah. fucking hilarious to watch, honestly. They're, they're such a strange group. And like, to be honest with you, I think one of the questions I get out is about RT's coverage, like, which would be your preferred panel? Hmm. And I think last night in RT it was Damien Duff. What a group, Jim. Given and yeah. um, Liam Brady. And I think that's RT's best. Because the chemistry between Given and Duff is unbelievable. <laughs> but you go over to uh, ITV. Now, I don't have ITV, but I've seen clips of it. And it's Roy Keane and it's Gary Neville. And obviously, they're two teammates. So they're like, oh, yeah, we love each other. Um, Coming on tour next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> the overlap. Yeah, fucking hell. But they they all... Um, I think they were all saying it wasn't a penalty, weren't they? Yeah. I think they were going, you know, what's the keeper supposed to do? And then shout out to Peter Walton <laughs> for the first time Turn ever. For the books, the first time ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, your man goes, so we're going to call Peter Walton in on this. And I'd say everyone at home was going, oh, for the love of James. And Peter Walton just goes, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a penalty. And they all just went, what? And he's like, yeah, that was a definite penalty. And everyone was going, don't believe this. Because usually Peter Walton comes in and he just goes, yeah, now I completely agree with the lads and referee. And that was, that's it. And he's like, this is why it's penalty in this. It point. was like a redemption story, wasn't it? Yeah. Peter Walton coming yeah. in and saving the day. Because I think you've seen it cut back to Gary Neville and Gary's like, what, what are you saying, Pete? He was getting yeah. all bitter about it. Yeah. And I think that suggests to me that, and the tweet you put up on Twitter, this was a Gary Neville instigated opinion. And yeah. the two lads jumped on board with it. Mm. Because obviously, I'm not going to slate Roy Kane here because he might come to get me, but <laughs> he, he's on Gary Neville's payroll next year. With the yeah, overlap. with the, with he, the wants overlap, to, yeah. he wants to keep things with civil with Gary and Ian Wright's obviously not going to. <laughs> that, that's a weird way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, but uh, for me, it's a Gary Neville instigated opinion that that wasn't a penalty because it was a Stonewall penalty mm. for me. The Argentina penalty, the keeper takes it now. Yeah. And Messi buries it. It was the, obviously Alvarez got the second goal in the first half, which was great as well. Oh, what a goal. Just kept running and running and just kept going on and. There was bits of luck in it where the the Croatian defenders couldn't quite clear it, but it was a great finish in the end. And he's de- determination, and he's coming out as one of the best players of this tournament, by the way. Yeah, I, a little spoiler, he's in my team. Mm. Um, Messi, as I said, brings Guardiola out, brings him back in. Guardiola's like, six foot three, you know, fifteen stone man, and Messi's ragged on. You know it, what I mean? It's it crazy. Me of uh, like if you were to take. If you were to take it, say if I was to take a dog on a run here, right, and he'd follow behind me, and I'd yeah. slow down, the dog would slow down, yeah, and then I'd run again, and the yeah, dog yeah, would run. Yeah, yeah. That was Guardiola chasing Messi. Yeah, it was like Kieran's standing up doing a live demonstration. That <laughs> I don't even know if they can hear. No, but yeah, I know what you mean. He, he, it was like he was taking the dog out 
for a walk mm. and the dog was Guardiola and yeah. he was chasing Messi the whole time yeah. and Messi just had his number it was unbelievable and bear in mind you're looking at a 15 year gap between mm. these two players and it, it's it's not as if Guardiola's a small man you know no, he's, he's six foot three, fifteen stone I'd say he's a beast of a man he's been great this tournament and just got ragdolled and you think he just push him over but he this couldn't is, get this near is him what I, yeah that, that was the point yeah. I was about to make like I, I've often seen obviously from watching shows and obviously just football in general and you're like just take him out and there's times <laughs> where a player just can't take him out and that was one of them yeah. he just could not get near him pass into Alvarez Alvarez tucks it away Argentina 3 Croatia 0 Masterclass. It was. It was great. I thought. I thought it was Argentina. I, I, Argentina's best performance. Sorry, they've slowly been getting better every game. They and I know they they shipped two goals against Netherlands. I just think Netherlands rocked them, and um, they kind of get shell shocked at moments. But this game, I thought Argentina were quite flawless. To be honest. Yeah, I think the best team in the tournament got knocked out though. In Croatia, Saudi Arabia, v Argentina. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we move on to tonight's game. Thanks for that um, segue, Kieran. Shout out to Herb Bernard. <laughs> he is French, to be yeah. fair. Um, Herb Bernard's France go through tonight. <laughs> it was France two, Morocco nil, and the Moroccan dream is 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 over. And I, for one, um, I'm not upset about it, but I, I did have a soft spot for them. I really did want them to do well. I think it would have done the world of football justice if an African team got to the final. Um, and it just wasn't to be the you were coming to the Kieran's in the Patel Wad studio today. Um you were coming down to mine as the game kicked off and when he came in it was one of the fans. <laughs> the ball comes in from the right hand side. Mbappe I think was dribbling into the box and it falls to Giroud and then it falls it finds its way to Teo Hernandez who puts it in. A bit of a scrappy goal. Bono didn't necessarily cover himself in glory. Then Sayas went off with an injury. But after the goal, like from about 10 minutes in to about the 70th minute, which is when France kind of regained control, it was all Morocco. Like Morocco had more passes in the game, more possession in the game. But the one thing what I will say for Morocco is they didn't create one clear chance. Yeah. And I think that's probably what let them down. You know, they could have had two penalties as well in the first half. I thought the second penalty that they could have had was Stonewall. It was like the penalty Argentina got against Saudi. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a sad one. I have to say it was a sad way to go. You know, France regained control in the game and get the second. Um, yeah, and it was it was Moani who got the second goal for France again. Another scrappy number, and it's disappointing because Morocco conceded one goal all tournament, which was an own goal in the group stages, and they go out to France through two scrappy goals without their. Best defender in Roman Sois and then their second best defender in, in Aguerd. Yeah, it was a disappointing end, I have to say, to Morocco's tournament. I was, I was a bit disappointed for them and I really did have hope for them. I, I think they were the best team in the tournament. Um, and look at the cream rises to the to the top, we know that. So you can't say too much, but I, I thought France, I, I just I just thought Morocco were great. and Yeah, it's disappointing for them. There, there is a common team, though, with this team, these teams that sit back in these semi-finals you mm. know I'm not saying Croatia sit back now necessarily because they do play a bit of football but the teams that are more compact that don't really have as much going for them going forward like when you score first against them and when the goal comes early like it did this is the thing yeah. for um, Argentina like it did for France I think they do find it hard to get back into the game because they have to open up that a mm. little bit more and that doesn't suit them playing on having to play on the front foot mm. Um. I do agree. It, does, it suits a team like Argentina or France 
to pick them off and counter attack. So I, I do agree with you, but what I will say is, and I said it to you as you were coming in, mm. I said this game doesn't suit Morocco at all to come out and have to pursue it. Yeah, but they did. They I, Morocco, you oh, know, yeah, they were very good when they did come out and play, and they did put France under a lot of pressure. And, no, you are right. I think when it gets to this point of the tournament, you have to be so compact. Yeah. You have to be so drilled. You have to be so disciplined. Um, and you need a lot of energy. You know, a lot of a lot of Morocco's plays based on a lot of running around, a lot of kind of grafting. It's 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 not as simple as as what we think. You know what I mean? And I just thought they ran out of steam today. Unfortunately. Fair focus on getting to the semi final. Yeah, absolutely. For Africa, more than anything. You know. There's a lot of talk about continental football in Europe. Mm. You know, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Croatia. They didn't lose to any of them. Yeah. You know, Croatia got to the semi-finals. That shows their pedigree. You know, Canada, you know, I don't think Canada could expect too much. I think we had Morocco to finish bottom in this group as well, which I think is the worst thing. But, look, it was a great performance from them. And, yeah, it was, it was really good. And, look, we move on to a France and Argentina final cram. We're not going to... Spend too much time here. Who do you think's gonna win and why? Yeah, firstly, it could have been a Denmark Argentina final, but could have been, could have been. But then, yeah, Denmark weren't in France's group, were they? Yeah. So if Denmark had a top the group, they could have easily been in the final. Ah, yeah. So we were right in the way. If my grandmother had wheels, she'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> I I like this final. I do. Um, I think it's set up for Asley and Brady with uh, Kylian Mbappe versus Messi final. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting with the, those two players. Um, but I, I fancy Messi. I just fancy Messi. It's just I think it's written it's, in the stars, isn't it? It's Gary Neville's written in the stars. That's what it is. Mm. It's written in the stars for Messi to win this. So I'm going to go with, if we're making a prediction here, mm. I'm going to go with an Argentina 3 0 win. Well, um, I don't know. I just want to make a quick shout actually to. Canate playing for France tonight. His sixth cap for France in a World Cup semi final. He was immense. He was very good tonight. I don't think France are shipping three against Argentina. I'd be very surprised at that. No. But I think they're shipping three against Messi. Yeah, potentially. Um, <laughs> Thoughts on the final, I suppose, is. I'd say there's a lot of people happy with that. I'd say a lot of people might have had Argentina, France in the final. Yeah. So I'd say there's a lot of happy punters going to Paddy Paris tomorrow to collect their wins. I'd I'd have loved I'd have loved Argentina Morocco in the final just for the stories. You know, there's still a lot of stories going into it. You know, Argentina looking to win the World Cup again. Messi looking to win the World Cup. You know, France looking to go back to back for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stories going into it, and I am looking forward to it. I have to say, I am. I don't know who's going to win. I, I really want Messi to win. I really do. But like Argentina last night, I think tonight was France's best performance all tournament. I think that's the best they've looked. You know, you look at their kind of route to the final. Poland's easy win. England, like they had to believe discipline in that England game. They gave away two penalties in it. Like they nearly got knocked out. Um, came out on top. Tonight, they were immense tonight. Defensively, they were so good tonight. Didn't let any gaps or any spaces they didn't let Morocco get in and when they did get in they defended well I really want Messi to win I really really want Messi to win he's up against think, a good defence it is this is the problem I think it's going to be very tight mm. two all and Argentina on penalties <laughs> I don't think I don't think it'll be one I think it'll be one on penalties that's a better prediction than my one 
Mm. I'm going for the fairy tale prediction, but don't get me wrong. I'd love, I'd love if Argentina won three 0 I'd really love if they did. I just, I just this France side are good. You know what I mean? I think it's Griezmann dropping deep has been a revelation. Always oh, been unreal. It's yeah. so good. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Now I am looking forward to when. Do tune in to RT on Sunday for a Kieran, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. If you're that way inclined. Hopefully it's duffer given on I suppose Liam Brady on it. But yeah, it's it's been a good tournament, Kieran. We're gonna move on. Hold on, we're gonna play a bit of Seinfeld now. So Kieran, we're gonna move on now. We put the stuff up on the Instagram. We'll start off, Kieran, and I, I don't think to be honest with you, I don't think whoever wins on Sunday, I don't think it makes a difference as to this one. But our player of the tournament, Kieran. I think there's only one player. Hmm. I, I really do. I think it's Messi. Um, I think anyone else who doesn't go for Messi, I think you're being contrary. <laughs> and that's saying something yeah. for you. <laughs> um, like, I, I was tempted to go, I don't know, uh, Griezmann or Mbappe here, but hmm. no, Messi. He's yeah. just been immense well, every single game, apart from the Saudi Arabia one. And even at that, you got to go on that as well. Yeah. And he nearly got like three assists in it as well. Um, yeah, I'm going with Messi as well. Just to look at the, some of the answers, everyone more or less has said Messi. Um, Jerry, and like you said, being contrary, Jerry's great at that as well. Everyone <laughs> will say Messi, so I'm giving Griezmann a show. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not a bad show, but it's, mm. it's typical Jerry. Shout out to Anna who says uh, Anna Campbell. Um, I don't remember seeing Anna Campbell at the World Cup Carol, do you? No. No. Senan says Giroud again. I think Senan's clutching that straw there. <laughs> everyone, everyone literally says Messi, go, go, Messi. Katie says Phil Foden, which again, I'm not having that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not having that at all. We'll move on, Kieran, now to young player of the tournament, Kieran. Um, I'm gonna give my, I'm gonna give my one to Unahi, or as George Hamlin's calling Unashi. Um. I think Unahi from Morocco has been unbelievable. I think the game against Spain, I, there has been a performance like that in the World Cup. He was everywhere. He was passing, he was giving, he was creating chances, he was stopping chances. He was so good in that game. Playing for the team, bottom of the league in France, Andrews. Um, I think his game against Spain, I haven't seen a performance like that in the tournament so far. Passing, pressing, chance creation, stopping chances. He was immense in that game. And yeah, as I said, I just haven't seen performance quite like that this tournament. So I don't think you can look much further than him. Yeah. I think there's a few players I could have went for. Um, Alvarez, Tyler Adams as well. Was excellent for US. But I've gone for Bukayo Saka of England. Well. Um, I think out of everyone, he can hold his head high. Mm. He's just been excellent. Yeah. Um, I think every single game he played for England. He did make an impact along with Phil Foden. Mm. It's between those two for me. Um, but I've gone for Saka. Yeah, Rory says Guardiola. A lot of people have said Guardiola. Um, Gary says Endo Fernandez. Jerry says Guardiola. Um, Alvarez. Anna Campbell says Anna Campbell. Katie says Phil Foden again. Fuck's sake. Um, Daniel says... <laughs> it's not a bad show to be fair. That one isn't a bad show. Well, okay, okay. Um, Daniel says too many are... Bellingham, which I don't think is a bad show. Dave says Gvardiol as well. And then Daryl Ravel says Saka. So, yeah, you're not alone there, Kieran. Mm-hmm. We move on to our game of the tournament, Kieran. I'm going with... Do you know what? There's a lot of people saying Argentina against Holland. So, I'm going with Spain, Germany. 
I thought I thought that was the group the game of the group stage in terms of full crook. Yeah, in terms of intensity, in terms of performance, I thought the two sides really put it up to each other. Um Morata comes on, gets the goal for Spain and then Full Craig comes on for Germany and the goal, he nearly put the ball through the net, it was an unbelievable goal and just the intensity in the game was very good and I, yeah, I thought that was probably the game of the tournament for me. Yeah, that's a high stakes one as well. Um I think there's a few. You could go you could go with Ghana Portugal at the start. I thought that was an excellent game of football. So Rory says Argentina against Veghorse. Great show. Gary says Serbia and Switzerland. Yeah, great. Another yeah, great game. Really good game. I do the pair. Um Jerry says quality wise, England, France, fun. <laughs> Japan, Spain, Germany, Costa Rica. And I tend to agree with them there to be fair. They were great games towards the end. Ian says Argentina uh, against the Dutch. Anna just says Morocco. So any Morocco game was the best game for Anna. Um said it says Argentina Netherlands. Katie says, all the England games called Phil Foden. Will you please stop answering these, Katie? Dave says, Argentina, Holland. Everyone says Argentina, Holland. That's the kind of the show. Before we get on to get it out, of course, we have our teams of the tournament, Kieran. I'm going with a 4 3 3. I've gone for a 4 2 4. A FIFA um, formation. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, you must have played it earlier. <laughs> Will we start off with the goalkeepers? Uh, yeah, of course. I've gone for Emmy Martinez. I think he was immense in the shootout. Yeah. In the quarter final. Sorry, he said I think he's he's kept a few clean sheets. You know, one against Mexico, um, and he's had he's had a great tournament. He's had a great tournament and the shootout against the Netherlands. I think it was a save, the Burghouse penalty. That was a terrific save. Um, he's just for me being the most consistent keeper. What about yourself? I'm going with Bono and goal. I think he's... I can't believe the news <laughs> He's really had an edge in this tournament. Um, <laughs> you're a wanker. <laughs> uh, you too. <laughs> you get it, you're a wanker too. Um, no, I think, I think Bono's been great. You know, he's... I think tonight... I think he's... <laughs> I'm sure he thinks so as well. <laughs> I think tonight his defence let him down a bit. Um, I didn't think they were... I didn't think they were great... The goals I can see tonight were, quite frankly, not good at all. Very scrappy goals. I think the whole tournament, to concede only one, which was an own goal. Um, and, you know, he, he was he was part of the penalty shootout they won as well. I just think he's been great. And I think purely defensive-wise, I just think he's been the best defender or the best goalkeeper in this tournament. Kieran, you're back four in full, please. So, I've gone for Hakimi of mm-hmm. Morocco, who's been excellent. I've gone for Guardiola. Who everyone's saying this yeah, new yeah, yeah. player, he's been excellent. Sice of Morocco. Mm-hmm. And I've gone for a surprise inclusion, I've gone for um Aziz Behage of Australia. Wow, okay, that is very surprising yeah. inclusion, yeah, yeah. I think he was excellent in the four games played for Australia. Well, I have three of that four, so you explain why you have Behage in. I just think out, out of all the the left backs who I've seen play in this World Cup, mm. I think he's the one who has surprised me the most as someone who plays in, in, in Scotland, I believe. Yeah, I think for Hearts. Yeah. yeah. And he surprised me the most for someone who, who you would think would have a little quality. Mm. But he he actually stood, stood his ground against some very good teams. The mm. likes of Argentina. And yeah. Um, I think out of all the left-backs, he's the one who's impressed me the most. So I get to yeah. him. No, I've gone with Hakimi. Sayas about Morocco. Gvardiol of Croatia. And I've gone with Teo Hernandez, and I was tussling between Teo 
and Maz Rowie for a good portion of today when we were picking these teams. Look, at, I think the three that we've both agreed on, I think they're fairly self-explanatory. I think Hakimi's been unbelievable this tournament. Um, and I think Soyes, he's been heroic for Morocco at times. You know, that game against Spain where he was hobbling around the pitch. He's been hobbling for the last three games. Yeah, he comes off he comes off the pitch against Morocco or against Portugal, starts tonight, and then we see about 20 minutes and he's like, I cannot do this. <laughs> He'll be out for the next six months. But yeah, but Morocco got to I still think he was a hero, though. Yeah. I think performances like that last long time. Mm. Um, Guardiola, look at his price tag's gone up tenfold. I think Teo, he came, he didn't start the tournament. Obviously, Luis Hernandez, um, his brother started the tournament and he got injured 20 minutes into the first game against us. And I think Teo's just come in and I think he's better than two in any case, but I just think since he's come in, he's been immense. He gets the goal today. Um, that puts him in the driving seat and I don't think they look back from that moment. And yeah, I just think he's been, he's been great this tournament for them. Yeah. Kieran, your midfield too. Um, I've gone for midfield too. Uh, it was between Griezmann and Modric for me, mm. but I've gone for midfield too of Amrabat and Modric. Mm. I think it's a more balanced midfield as well. <laughs> it's yeah. just my OCD got me in the end, but um, I think Amrabat has been excellent. Any time where Morocco were under pressure in the in the press, he's played out. He's managed to dribble past mm. a few players and play yeah. out. He's just been terrific in this game as a whole midfielder. Terrific. And, and for me, Modric as well. Mm. What a player. Modric has been so good. Generational man. player in mm. midfield. Do you player. think, when you talk about midfielders, you think he's up there with the likes of Iniesta, Xavi? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he um, is. Five, five Champions Leagues mm. as well. You know, um, and a World Cup final with a team with a population of three million. Mm. You know, no, he's the, all, I agree with you. He's an unbelievable talent. Mm. It'd be sad to see him. That's his last World Cup now. Probably. Yeah. You, you can't play till you're 41, even if you're in. Mm. You know? I've gone with Modric Unahi, because he's my young player in the tournament, of course. Mm-hmm. And this last position is between Amrabat, McAllister, Enzo Fernandez, and Bellingham. I'm really struggling which one to put in. I think Amrabat, as you said, he's been great. One of the best players in the tournament, but I just can't. I, I, I have to go with Alexis McAllister. I think the Donna Bate destroyer has been great. That's what we're christening them. Um, Dickie. Dickie, Dickie McAllister is his cousin, of course, from Donna Bay. was on RT there recently. It's a great story um, for McAllister. And, you know, he plays for Brighton. Like, it's mad. When he, Brighton are a very good side, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the, the, these sides, like, you can't imagine a player like McAllister doing as well as he's doing, and he's had a great tournament. He got he got he got a goal against um, the second game, wasn't it? He got a goal against Poland or uh, Mexico, wasn't it? He's had a great tournament, and I I really hope for, he's another player. I really hope wins it for Argentina. So I'm gonna go with Modric, Unahi, and Alexis McAllister. Kieran, your front four. Yeah, moving. I have a front four. I think you have a front three. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my front four is Messi on the right wing, Mbappe on the left wing, Giroud and Julian Alvarez as the two strikers. Yeah. And that's what I've done with. We've, Gir- chat, we've chatted about Giroud, haven't we? Giroud, so. four goals, six games. Good record. Um, vital goal against England as well. Mm. Um, I think he's had a, a very good tournament again. Mm. And even like the decoy runs he makes for the likes of Mbappe in that Poland game, you know, excellent. Um, Mbappe speaks for himself. Very good player. Mm. Had an excellent tournament. 
Julian Alvarez surprised me how good he was considering he's second striker they spoiled and mm. um, but he's been terrific Lataro had a stinking first game and mm. he's come in ever since and he's been it's time to play up against Australia as well didn't he Lataro Lataro I had him as top scorer because how yeah, he started and mm. you know maybe I should have went with Julian mm. you know what I mean um, King Julian and <laughs> lastly Leo Messi I'm not even going to speak about that one yeah uh, my front three is Messi, Alvarez and Mbappe I think it's the easiest positions to pick at all yeah. out of it all I think to be honest with you it's actually a fairly easy team to pick I'll just look at other people's shouts real quick we have Gary Vav who's given a different perspective saying a 4-3-2-1 or 4-3-1-2 excuse me Bono Hakimi Ake Nathan Ake he says that's, a, that's an interesting one yeah. Sayas Hernandez he has midfield 4 Venzo um, Amrabat Bruno Fernandez has been very good Jude Bellingham and then Mbappe and Messi up front Ian has just differently as De Paul and his team, Messi, Mbappe, Griezmann, Alvarez. Yeah, it's, it, I mean a lot of people seem to are, are similar. Anna says Morocco. Yeah, no, you're dead right. Um, Katie says England, which you're completely wrong there. Daniel says Martinez and goal like yourself. He has Otamendi in his team. He has, he also has Modric, Messi, the lads really. Everyone, Alvarez, Mbappe. I think it's a very easy team to pick here. On to be honest. Yeah. Um, we run through them again real quick. We will. Um, I'll go on mine first. Yeah. Martinez, Hakimi, Guardiol, Sice, and Aziz Behij of Australia. Um, Amrabat of Morocco, Modric of Croatia, Messi, Messi, Ancana Messi of Argentina, Giroud of France, Julian Alvarez of Argentina, and Mbappe of France. Yeah, I'm going with Bono of Morocco, not you too. Hakimi, Sayas, <laughs> Vardial, Teo Hernandez, Modric, Unahi, and McAllister midfield, and then Messi, Alvarez, and Mbappe up front. Carol, a very easy team to pick, I thought. Yeah, I think th- definitely that front three. Just so easy. Honorable mentions uh, for Tyler Adams, Enzo Fernandez, Kovacic, McAllister, Thiago Silva, as always. Jude that, Bellingham. That's me, Jude Bellingham, yeah. I'm about for me, yeah. <laughs> Right, Kieran. moving on now to our World Cup edition of Get It Out. Wow. We'll just go straight into it. It's the last one though, Adam. It is the last one of the year. Thankfully, says you. Rory says, Ireland's chances of being in the next one. What a terrible way to start it. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, don't, I disagree. The next World Cup is a 48-team World Cup. We still don't qualify. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. I think we might. I think 48-team World Cup, I don't know who'll be manager, but I definitely, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as far away as what people might think. Do you know what? Seeing teams like Australia get to the last 16 gives me a bit of hope. Mm. Because their National League struggling as well. And you have the likes of their players playing in Scotland. It gives me a bit of hope. But mm. the qualification is a lot easier for them than it is for Ireland because of the fact that Ireland have to qualify out with the toughest continent in my opinion mm. you know and it's just will they get enough spots to qualify we have a question about the Ronaldo Messi debate um, if Messi loses the final or Ronaldo wins the Euros um, no I don't think there's much debate between them I know you're a big Ronaldo fan I know you're a big Messi fan as well I love both of them yeah and that's fair enough I don't dislike Ronaldo I love Messi um, I just think Messi's the best player to ever play on the pitch Duffer was saying it last night on RT and 
Joanne was like, that's a mad statement. And Liam Brady and Shea Gibbon went, no, not really. They both just went, no, we completely agree with him. Gary says, are African teams getting better or are European teams getting worse? I, 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 I just think the standard of European fo- or international football is in the mud. I just don't think it's great at all. In general, I don't think it's great. Well, I think the fact, it does help teams like Morocco and teams like Australia. I'm not, I'm not sort of uh, downgrading them here, but it helps that they don't have much time together, these top quality players as a team. Mm. In the first place, like they don't have training camps, um, especially in this World Cup in Qatar. I think they had a week together, so you know yeah. that does help, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think the standard of international football is great at all. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised that these teams made as far as they did. To answer Gary's question, instead of being pedantic, I suppose that the level's getting more equal, but. It it also depends on the country's unity, you know. We've seen with the likes of Denmark in the Euros when that thing happened to Ericsson. Yeah. The country comes together and mm. that, that if you have a unity in the squad, an mm. international squad especially, that benefits um, a team like Morocco who had the fans on their back, you know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it does have a lot to do with that more than the quality. Gary Vav also says, favourite World Cup co-commentator, anything other than Ali McCoist is wrong. Well, Gary, to that I say... I only watch RT's coverage. I, I I remember years ago watching the World Cup with my dad, God bless him. If, if anything other than RT was on, he'd be like, why are you watching that for? And it's just, it's engraved in my brain. <laughs> I can't watch anything other than, even for the Champions League, I can't, I, obviously I watch Radio Media, but I just can't watch the BBC. I watch the BBC when England lose because it's, the downfall is great. Um, but yeah, Ali McCoy is a fucking wonderful commentator as well. But I think he's brilliant. To answer... Gary's question, Kieran, who are you going with? Um, you know what? For the sake of it, I'm gonna give Stewie Byrne a shout out this this World Cup. I think he's actually been quite good. Mm. Yeah, no, Stewie. And um, you know Stewie well. Yeah, I, I know Stewie well enough. Um, Stewie's a pro. I'll give. I have yeah. to say, he's uh, he's he's the best I've worked with. Um, I I I big big fan of Stewie. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Stewie as well. But I think you shout out for Alan Colley as well. I know he's great friends with Stewie Byrne. I think I think RT's coverage for the World Cup's actually been all right. To be fair, very good. Yeah. Um, I I think I don't know. I think it's been quite good at times. I know Especially when Joey and Dal and Kenny Cunningham. Yeah, were on. I know the last one. I I know, remember the last one you were giving out about the RT player, but I think the coverage in general has been widely good. Oh yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, it just annoys me the fact they're money grabbing <laughs> bastards. Right, Ian says if England <laughs> if the England team were a packet of biscuits, what biscuits would they be? No. I'm going to go with a jammy dodger because they're jammy and they dodge all the big teams and when <laughs> they get them they lose and as you said crumble um, or a hobnob because hobnob's they, a great show hobnob is a good show I think as soon as England get into the hot water they just disintegrate <laughs> they just fall apart <laughs> like a chocolate oh do you know what when I finish dropping you home I'm getting a packet of chocolate hobnobs and shot they are beautiful and it says Mon Morocco <laughs> cheers and it said it says Favourite World Cup moments from previous World Cup? Nothing beats the Suarez handball for me. Yeah. I, think that is I feel like you're reading my mind there because the past two you've said to you, even for the commentary one, you were like, Street Ward, I was like, fuck, it's I was going to say It's an ultimate moment of yeah, shit. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an ultimate, mm. like, the fact that he went ahead and just ruined the country's chances. Like, if they scored the penalty, fair enough, but it just got in their heads. It mm. got in their heads. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to go with Suarez, but another one I like was... um. 
Oh, I was watching the 2002 World Cup the other day, and it's South Korea's rise. They got to the semi-finals, like, <laughs> in their own country, so I don't know if that's a bit suspicious. Russia did it as well. Russia, yeah, I don't think they got semi so did they? Mm, more than cores. Yeah. Um, I, I love when teams, I love when mad teams go as far as they do. Like... Morocco. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I love a story, like, I was watching the 94 highlights of the World Cup. Sweden... We're in the tour place playoff. I think Sweden won the tour place playoff, beating like Croatia or something like some mad team. Um, Henrik Larsson scored in that game in nineteen ninety four. Like yeah, he's like eighteen years of age. Like it's mad when you go back and look at it. Um, another one I really like was nineteen ninety, Yugoslavia. I think they lost in semi finals as well. And obviously, it was a mad. I was looking at a documentary about it. The country was united when Italian ninety was on because obviously they the country was doing so well. And obviously when they got knocked out, it kind of fell apart and obviously they split up or whatever. But I just love how football can bring people together. Like these are people from separate parts of a country who absolutely despise each other. But they all come together. They all band together as like a family when you Yugoslavia are doing well. And look at, you can't go back in time. You can't go back and change things. But who knows, like if Yugoslavia had won that World Cup, what would have happened there? You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you ha- it's just mental. Like, it's mental kind of the link and ties that politics has with football and especially the World Cup. And I think it's been negative in this tournament because of the regime in Qatar. I think we have to point that out. It's been a great tournament. Don't get me wrong. It's been a wonderful tournament. But the link with politics, geopolitics and football, this one's been a bit negative in comparison to like the 1990 World Cup. The last question is opinions on Phil Foden. I don't really have one. I think he's a good player. Mm. Really good player. Um, I think he has a very bright future. Probably England's most talented player. Bar maybe Jude, Bellingham and Saka. Who I think are very, very bright future. Continue to their level. And if they get a fucking proper manager in as well. And touching on the biscuits thing for the last time. If, 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 if Argentina were a biscuit, what biscuit would they be? And likewise France. Just to finish off the podcast. So I'd probably say something like an all-romantic. Something you... Like, you want, you, you like it, and it's probably not the best biscuit. You know what I mean? It's probably not the best, but it has a great story. And for me, that's the Capri Rounder. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Do you know why? Why? Because remember, we brought like seven packets of them to EP. Do you remember the chocolate rounders? Yeah, I, I haven't eaten the chocolate, I haven't eaten one since. <laughs> but when I think of a Capri Rounder, it brings up good memories. It may, I, I love it because of the story behind it. And that's why I love Argentina. I love Argentina because of the story behind it. France. I'm going to say, do you know what? A bit of a shortbread. I think it is shortbread. Yeah, shortbread biscuits. Yeah. They're obnoxiously nice. You know what I mean? I think the French team are, are very good. Yeah. But they're a bit obnoxious. About it. And by the way, best performance of the tournament tonight without the Undertaker midfield. Is that, is, is that a coincidence? Absolutely not. Why, why are your biscuits for Argentina uh, and France? I'd probably go for something exotic for Argentina. Probably a, a Mikado. Do you ever have a Mikado? Wow, well, like with the little yeah. coconut flakes on them. Yeah. Wow. They're nice biscuits. And, uh, You're a strange France, guy. I can't really think of a biscuit for France, to be honest. Right, okay. Probably a shit biscuit. Okay. Uh, what's a shit biscuit? Something that's overrated. A normal digestive. Yeah. yeah you, you got me there. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that has been our World Cup, our last World Cup update. Um, thank God, says you. Thank yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> um, we will be resuming a normal schedule in the new year. What I will say is, though, we're going to have a compilation episode up next week at some stage. Um, we're recording this Wednesday today. 
So we do hope for this podcast maybe up by Thursday night tomorrow evening. And then the compilation next Monday or Tuesday. And then the following week after St. Stephen's Day on the Tuesday, we're going to have Kieran a Reeling in the Ears special. Um, where we're going we're gonna to do Reeling in the Ears, essentially. From January to December, we are Reeling in the Year of 2022. We're going to relive some of the best football memories of the year. And yeah, that's going to be our show. Our last two shows of the year, Kieran. Um and yeah, as look at thanks to everyone for joining. Thanks to Warren for coming on when he came on, to Aaron for coming on. We are looking at getting more guests in the in the lead up to the new League of Ireland season, of course. And yeah, the compilation episode, it's something that me and Kieran have put a lot of effort into, a lot of thought. You know, there's gonna be snippets of my commentary in it, there's gonna be bits of Kieran talking about coffee in it. There's gonna be a lot of our a lot of unseen moments, a lot of spoof, a lot of mistakes, a lot of um guinea. And yeah, we do hope you enjoy it. And um yeah, Kieran, anything else to say? Yeah. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your enjoy your turkey, enjoy having fights with your siblings, you know. That's the best part of Christmas. Enjoy mm. it all. So get in. And yeah, have a very Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, and take care, look after yourself and as we say every time with this, you know, it is a very tough time of the year, so we hope we can provide some kind of solace for anyone who needs it. and if you do if you need to listen to us you know, God help you. God help you. But no, honestly, um, do look after yourself. Enjoy the show. Enjoy your friends. Reach out to people if you need them and take care of yourself. But we'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.